What's up, guys? It's Matty Boy Whitmore here. This is Fitter Food Radio, episode number 98. And of course, I'm with the one and only Keris Marsden Wagwan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what's that uh, wagwan loads loads i've never been this busy you are busy uh, i am busy i hardly see you these days i know that's weird isn't it it is a bit bizarre it's like you've actually got, miss uh, you <laughs> me. you sounded surprised no it's just normally we're glued to each other's hips so we don't really miss each other do you what do you miss most about me <laughs> uh, to be fair i'm on facetime with you most of the day when, when we're not when i'm not working but it was quite weird, actually. We had a phone conversation the other night because you was... In Tunbridge Wells? You was Tunbridge Wells and I was at my mum's. I stay at my mum's every Tuesday because I have clients down that way and it's just an opportunity for me to... bit of quality time with me mum. So I just finished my dinner and then we had a chat on the phone and we were on the phone for over an hour, weren't we? And I was just like, God, this is bizarre. Like, probably haven't done this for about 10 years. You know, it's the kind of thing you do when you first start going out, isn't it? You have yeah, these like really long loads of things to talk conversations about. and whatnot. And I was like, oh, isn't that nice? We di- all... dissect the day, don't after, we? After all this time. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else then. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You know what I just said? Oh, what do you miss about me? And I've got to tell the people this because I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And we were in the car, uh, early doors on our way to London. And I listened to LBC Um just it's so good. That I just guy. I just find it quite. Uh, I don't know. He basically the guy on LBC reads all the. I don't know what he does. He reads all the papers. He reads all goes the tabloids. Through, that he, he, he goes through all the celebrity gossip, and it's hilarious. It's just because he, he, be, he clearly can't stand them. But um, I, I was saying to Keris, like it's not just this all day long. Like it gets a bit more political and serious <laughs> as the day goes on. I really on. like the celebrity bit. And then somehow we got into the conversation of politics and whatever. And then she started to tell me how her her ex boyfriend and his older brother were like really into kind of politics and they were incredibly intelligent is what they she said so i as a joke said oh um well how would you describe me to which her response was oh you're completely different <laughs> <laughs> and it just came off came out of her mouth so quickly she obviously didn't have time to think about her answer and i was like well i'm I'm taking that. Well, I can't, I can't, I could never say that you're intensely interested in politics for a start. Oh, good save. Yeah, <laughs> say, uh, I could never say you're incredibly intelligent. I used to get, uh, they used I to take the mickey. I wasn't, I wasn't offended. They used to take the mickey at me because I wouldn't know who the deputy prime minister was. That's what they, but I could tell you a lot about running 90s dance music and spelt based cereals. And now look at the wealth of knowledge you have when it comes to nutrition Please don't ask me anything about politics. So my dad does this occasionally and just, uh, whatever. Yeah, I've, like, I have loads of uh, conversations about politics with your dad. But <laughs> I, just, I just nod. Yeah, yeah. And he, he rants. Yeah, I'm not totally agree, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, spot on. <laughs> he thinks I know what I'm talking about. We need to get him his YouTube channel and he can educate the masses. Because he does educate me every yeah, now and then about it. he just goes it. off on these rants every now and again, doesn't he? That's but then always it's, quite it's funny. an exchange of knowledge because I sit and educate him about, you know, Nutrition, which he really enjoys as well. So he does. You he can't does. fit it all in. That's what I say. We've gone off on a w- wicked. Yeah. So don't worry if you, if you there, don't know you? who any of the politicians are. Significant politicians. Don't worry if you have to smile and nod and not actually respond when people talk about politics. As long as, you know, as long as you know how much proteins in a chicken breast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're all right. You'll get by. <laughs> What's the best source of coquito? You're fine. <laughs> You'll still have friends. So where were we? Oh, yeah, that was it. You, you, were, you were lecturing. Mm. Well, it's quite funny because, as we, like Kerry says, we, we are often working side by side because we, you know, we run a predominantly online business, um, which we love. We can work with loads of people just through the power of the internet, which is awesome. But we do often joke that we, we rarely talk about anything other than work. And we've sometimes said, oh, imagine if we had jobs, you know, and I went off to my job and you went off to your job and we'd come home like a normal couple and have that how was your day conversation. We and... could talk about office politics then. Yeah, the, the goss, yeah. the drama. but Not normal politics, where, office where, politics. Whereas now, like, the, the goss goes as far as, like, you know, oh, God, you never, you never guess what Deirdre up the road did. <laughs> you know, because it's like we're often talking about, like, our, our neighbours or, or, or whatever, because one of us would be at home for the day, whereas one of us would have gone out maybe to a coffee shop to work or whatever it may be. Or you rang me one day when I was on the train into London and you went, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I was like, oh, God. And by the way, when I ask this question, I ask this in class sometimes, I go, guys, do you want the good news or the bad news? They always say the bad news first. Yeah. Why is that? Well, because Get then you end, on, or... you end on a good note, don't you? Get the worst out of the way with. 
Yeah, everyone, I just noticed that. Everyone says the bad news. And I said the bad news, and you replied, no, mm. you, you have to have the good news first, because the bad news won't make sense. And I was like, right, what's, what's the good news? Then you were like, there's a new little uh, mobile coffee station on the common on where the we common. bought the dog. And I was like, does this really warrant a phone call where you announce, do you want the good news or the bad news? Because my head immediately goes, something's happened with the business, or you know, something's crashed, or some technology is like literally falling through the floor, and we're in, we're doomed. And yeah, and it was, and then I was like, oh, what's the bad news? And you were like, the coffee's awful. awful. <laughs> I was gutted. I was devastated because we always used to joke, like, oh, if there was a little coffee shop here on the common. Like, you know, so many people come here, it'd be like, it'd be like a gold mine. And I thought, how nice would it be? Because we often sometimes in, enjoy a coffee, don't we? Also walking the dog or, or something like that. And I was devastated because I was so, I went from so excited to like, this is amazing. You know, my, my prayers have been answered <laughs> and it, it was awful. But, you know, I think it's on me now to go and have a word and say, look. I was going to say, you can change that. I'm just here to offer some constructive feedback. Artisan coffee, proper crema. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> lecturing, <laughs> yeah. you've been busy. <laughs> I have. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of slides. So what, what would you like to know about? <laughs> no, but there, there is a reason why we're talking about this, because um, we were having a chat, uh, as we do. We, we chat from time to time. And Keris has been doing so many days of lectures now, it's untrue. Like you've done your first five solid days back to back the other day, which was mental. Um but a big thing that you're doing now is like a, what they call clinics, which is essentially for the students to have the opportunity to essentially do like a bit of a, not even necessarily, I suppose like a mock. No, it's not mock. Well, no, because, oh, yeah, they're, they're real people. They're, yeah. they're real people. <laughs> no, no, they're fake people. <laughs> the dolls. Mannequins come in. <laughs> no, but they are real cases, aren't they? Yeah, they're so not the, made the... up cases. So, yeah, so my bad. Yeah. You, you explain. So... <laughs> So, so what I really enjoy at the moment about the lecturing process is, first of all, I lecture on different topics, which is really cool. So one day I'm looking through all the stuff on supplements, like I've been doing, I said to you, CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, um, phospholipids. Um, so that's all really good stuff because I use a lot of that, but it's amazing to go and look at the new research and, and you know, kind of uh, just update everything. And then I do, uh, and then what I love is there's this mix of clinics where either I see the client. Um, a member of the public comes in in front of the whole class um, and have, they have a consultation with me and then I walk the class through my thought process or the students do it and I watch them on a camera and then I go in and help them or that I approve their case that they put together their treatment plan that they put together you critique yeah and uh well you had a question didn't you where you were kind of that you asked me about it and you said can you remember what your question was well you asked me and we thought this would be a good idea for a podcast after all that that kind of time learning three years they have to study a year of biomedicine two years of nutrition and 200 hours in clinics mm. where on earth do you start like when someone comes in and what if you don't know about the condition and what if you don't know half the things they're taking like the drugs and the sorry the medications <clears throat> and things like that didn't you that's what you said I did yeah I asked so many questions yeah I, I lose track <laughs> so I'm one of those people that asks is already started asking the next question before I've given you the opportunity to answer the previous question is that, are you even listening to the answer as well? That's that's a. Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. That's another podcast. Yeah. Carry uh, on. Anyway, um, so I said to you, I said, well, it's quite easy, and this is what I teach the students that in that you can actually just narrow it down to three things that you do with individuals in terms of three, I would say, kind of three themes that you might want to, or three approaches or three therapeutic aims, whatever, as, as overcomplicated as the, the whole thing gets over that three years, having then practiced as long as I have, it's kind of, it always comes back to these three things. And so for me, I find it very simple now because I go straight to those three areas. And the reason that we thought we'd do a podcast on this is because this is what all you guys listening need to focus on when it comes to any health goal that you have. So this is whether you want to uh, improve your mood about 99% of my cases at the moment by the way are suffering from depression it's, it's incredible but it's not when you think about how depression can manifest but um say that's, mood health uh... is, a, is a big one that I'm getting just and also because now I'm in clinics uh, in the college I'm seeing uh you know like not even well I'd say 10 times as many cases because I'm seeing a load of cases on camera I'm seeing mm. cases in class so I'm seeing 10 times as many and you see mood health come up 
over and over again. It's very common. If your goal is to resolve something like uh, depression or just kind of any mood issues, focus, concentration, memory, that kind of stuff. If your goal is to run a marathon, perform better, run faster, lift heavier weights. If your goal is to get rid of a digestive symptom. If your goal is not to have a heart attack, that's a nice goal to have. If your goal is, you know, they all come down to these three things. So it does not matter what the goal is. There are three areas of the body that you have to support and and a big thing I cannot emphasize this enough is you have to educate yourself about it and I've been saying to you the more I think about it the more you could pretty much compare how the body works to a smartphone yet nobody ever steps back and and really tries to master how to work their body understand it understand its needs yet with a smartphone we are all over that in terms of like you know, you buy the right charger, you make sure you charge it frequently, you carry a charger around with you, like you make sure you've got 4G, you make sure you've got uh, tons and tons of memory, you make sure your emails are downloaded onto your phone and you've got quick access with a little um, desktop app. Like we just are brilliant at this like process of managing a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Our body needs everything that a smartphone needs. It needs to be able to recharge itself. It needs charging on a regular basis. You cannot run the batteries flat. It's so much harder if you run the batteries right down, just like with a smartphone, to bring it back to optimal, um, you know, kind of optimal health, as it were. And uh, every time you drop your phone on the floor and smash it, you know that it doesn't work as well. Same thing happens with the body. Every time we take it right down there and hammer it, whatever it be, drugs, alcohol, too much training, too much stress, not enough sleep, we know we don't run as well from that point onwards. And it will have a tolerance, just like your phone has a tolerance, but then the phone starts getting slower and slower and creaking, you know, like, and, and, you know, eventually we go, well, let's buy a new phone. But the problem with your body, you don't need me to spell this out. You do not get that opportunity. No, really? Not, not yet. No, no, God, don't, Give it don't time. even go there. Yeah. Soon humans won't even exist. Yeah, no, exactly. We'll be fine. Just be taken out by robots. So they won't, we won't have this problem. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like they're going to like, I don't know, genetically mutate chickens into humans or something and then stick our head on it. It's like, oh, you can carry on. <laughs> yeah, but as a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> a human chicken. Anyway, and so, yeah, if you, it, it's exactly the same thing. And uh, more and more, I'm just getting so passionate about trying you've, you've to... You've really thought about this analogy, haven't you? Do you know what? I, so I have it in the sense of now, like I said, I'm seeing loads and loads and loads of cases. And I'm like, how do I explain this better? Like, that's a big challenge that every practitioner challenge. faces. Challenge. It's a very <laughs> big challenge. It's a challenge every practitioner faces. How do you explain it better? And how do you make people understand the importance of it? And the fact that how we treat our bodies is crackers right now mm. it's absolutely crackers and it, it it just the more i don't know like i said your body needs everything that your phone needs yet we're just clueless and i don't mean mm. it needs sleep to recharge it doesn't need that your body needs energy and it needs to be able to every single cell to do what it needs to do needs energy and that requires the macros and the, and the micronutrients to be in the right amount. And that's mm. just something that we just don't seem to be able to get our head around either. And this is, I was talking to um, <coughs> a colleague at the, at the nutrition clinic uh, um, the other day. And I said, the problem here is the fitness industry is obsessed with calories and macros and exercise. Yet the nutritional therapy industry is obsessed with um, vitamins and minerals, although not enough, in my opinion, they don't know enough. Because what they're obsessed with is superfoods, antioxidants, and at the moment, gut health, like probiotics and things. And, and, and they don't know enough about macros, calories, and exercise. And the fitness industry don't know enough about, um, you know, proper kind of vitamins and minerals and actually supporting a bit of gut function and all that kind of stuff. That is changing, but not quick enough. So the general population tends to get, kind of find itself in two camps. And then you've got the camp that just doesn't engage with either. And they're just eating processed foods and, and using medications to suppress symptoms. There's a real <clears throat> lack of knowledge on all fronts, but there's no synergy between those two industries. And I find myself so lucky because being a personal trainer, going down the route of following, I did Charles Poliquin's biosignature, as you know, which was all about hormones and supplements. Although I don't practice that style it was a massive grounding in the importance of things like vitamins, minerals, digestion and, and supplementation and how it could work. And then going and doing the, the nutritional therapy side and the training and, and also being a personal trainer, you understand people better because mm. you do spend hours with people and yeah. get to know about behavioral change, motivation. So I definitely had a massive head start in terms of 
I know about exercise now. I know about calories, I know about macros and food diaries, motivational interviewing. But yeah, like now I stand in both camps. I'm just like, I just see both floundering a little bit with the, the two things. Back to <laughs> back to the relevance of why I'm talking about this was the three yeah. areas. You're like, just tell us the three yeah. things. Um, the three areas I get everyone to focus on is um, in no particular order because I think all three are important. I used to say gut. You know, I'm a big fan of gut. Go to the gut first. And really, if you haven't supported gut function, you are going to struggle to make a difference in yeah. someone's symptoms and someone's nutritional status, energy, whatever. You could also argue gut, inflammation, and there's a single hormone that I focus on from the off. What do you think it is? Insulin? Yeah. Insulin, oh, yeah. So they're the three. Yeah. Thank you very much, Carys. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that, guys. <laughs> Crack on. Can you imagine? See you in episode 99. So if you can just, yeah, basically. And, and when I was saying to the students, you can... They get so carried away with, and I understand. So sorry, what were they again? You should know this. I just said them. Yeah, I know you did. Gut, gut health, inflammation, inflammation, insulin, and insulin. As much as, and I've heard other people say very similar things, like just bring it back to the. the, Oh yeah, there you go. I was like, what? No, guy, 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 guy. Anyway, in the middle. Yeah. So I know other practitioners do the same, but what I feel is this: this this massive amount of distraction going on with. A common one you see is like I come home to you and I kind of roll my eyes about if I see one more person say drink lemon and hot water in the morning, like you know, what is that doing really on a on a on a you know on a basic level? Yeah, it's part of the bigger picture. <laughs> yeah, I like hot lemon and water in the morning because I quite like a warm drink and it's nice to have some lemon in it. But I don't kid myself that it's detoxing my liver um, or anything like that. And really, if if my digestion is sluggish, that is about a number of things, and you know, including enough iodine vitamin a or, or zinc perhaps possibly to to produce stomach acid to make enzymes or maybe i don't give my body chance to even produce those things or maybe i need you know I, I, so i'm just a bit like I, I, everyone needs to kind of shake shake up their kind of in, in, in terms of the professionals need to shake up their knowledge a little bit but also in terms of the general population you need to stop running towards turmeric for example or green tea or fat blockers or you know, <clears throat> any diet, like seriously, yeah, maple is, syrup. What, I can't like, even believe people are still doing maple syrup, you, lemon, cayenne. There's, there's always like a, I suppose like a poster boy of the of the nutrition world, isn't there? So you know, you've had like it's usually a girl, a woman, and not to be sexist. No, but, I'm, I, oh, I was just using that as a figure of speech. Oh, I see. No, no, but just just out of interest, I, like every class I have, it have has one man usually. <laughs> yeah, you said that actually. Like, yeah, ninety nine ribbon and one man. So it uh, is but what I was going to say was, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like coconut oil was the bloody, you know, yeah, yeah. freaking coconut oil for everything, every use, you know, whatever. It's this miracle potion, add it to coffee, rub yeah. it on your eyes, put it on I your gums. I what you were going to say like, when you were like, rub it on. I was like, oh, well, you know, okay. use your imagination, you know. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's good stuff. You know, I think it's good stuff. Of course it's good stuff. But then there's plenty of other good stuff out there. But yeah, it was yeah. just made into this massive thing that everyone went absolutely bonkers for and you know so coconut oil you know that that was the poster boy you know and then turmeric's had its had its moment you know and it much about it well, now no, no, for a... it, yeah green, turmeric kind of top green tea didn't it and oh yeah yeah green tea of course was, was one turmeric green tea was fat burning anti-inflammatory and even then i think like even now i hold back a lot because you kind of see um, I, I know certain people who will start to talk about things and I'll know at that point it's a fad and I'm kind of better at, you know, <laughs> warning signs. And I, I always go back to, you know, the people that I trust in this industry, which are the people that are going through the research that are slower on the uptake. Um, you know, I always kind of defer a lot to, to people like um, Tommy, Dr. Brian Walsh. They're some yeah. of my favourite people to listen to. Um, Rob Wolf still, you know, like kind of just a bit like, wait a minute, let's just see here. Is this got any any kind of grounding, any kind of scientific research? But also one thing that I've I've done a lot over the last 18 months is gone right back to physiology and studied physiology more because, and that is, um, you know, the mechanism of, of, of cell health and hormones and everything that I possibly can because and got all my old textbooks out because if you can understand the physiology you can kind of see if it would work if that makes sense so whatever the claim is in the in the product you can think well what pathway is that acting on and does you know would that pathway even be beneficial if this client does, has multiple vitamin mineral deficiencies which is most people where by mm-hmm. the time they arrive at your at your clinic um and chances are no so um <clears throat> 
a few students that I now mentor, once they've graduated, I've kind of said, don't be going off with like, it, it drives me bonkers if someone says I've got knee pain and they, there's turmeric. It, it, it's, it's, you know, again, even knee pain, you sit there and you go, well, what's the cause? Mm-hmm. Is it is it is it a lifestyle thing? Is it a, a joint related, age related degeneration? You know, is it a is it that the joint doesn't have the the ingredients it needs to heal and and you know kind of uh, regenerate itself, which is often the case. Does anyone even make any effort? This is my big frustration, including myself prior to qualifying. I am I was exactly like this to think what does my joint need? You know, mm. as in the vitamins and the minerals and the proteins to make those tissues. No, no one ever knows. But we all moan if we get knee pain and we can't do our running. Um, and then we go and do something about it. Then we go, right, let's go go on like glucosamine, bone broth, whatever it is. Where was I going with this? No That's my train of thought. Uh, but I was about to say, um, with all of the issues that people suffer from, you have to say, is it what, what's the kind of cause? Is it that they, the, the body doesn't produce... Or, or is able to kind of is it a production issue is it is it a degradation it's breaking down stuff um in which case you go and look at lifestyle exercise that kind of stuff is age related because with every generation we have a less of ability to kind of renew and mm-hmm. raise need for a lot of stuff like even antioxidants um so yeah so so rather than go otherwise i think the the nutrition industry and the personal training industry is go, just becoming guilty of being it's called a green doctor when you just go in and go like a doctor does, and it's not an insult to a doctor, a doctor really only has their kind of entire system is based on here is a medication for a symptom. Yeah. All they can do, they don't have time to research the cause with you in eight minutes. Yeah, of course. So our industry can be a little bit guilty of that by saying, oh, you have knee pain, I'll have this. And the reason that I will recommend those supplements is only if I know that person is doing a ton of fit food stuff in the background. Like, so they're eating nutritiously, they're looking after their gut, they are trying to lead an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, trying to get balanced with exercise, sleeping more. Like if they know they're doing all of that, then I may use natural anti-inflammatories with them and recommend them. Mm-hmm. But it, it, otherwise, if you, you, you do risk being a green doctor if you don't go in and treat that cause. But there we go. So <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to go through the three. The three things. Um, yeah. So I thought what would be helpful is to go through the three things. And what well, the I thing would is, say, we'll, we'll gut health, like you've spoken about, like a million times, a gazillion times. Yes, yeah. and we know there's like tons of things that you can do to improve your gut health, which we probably don't really need to go into. That you're like, please don't talk about the gut like, again. Talk her out of it. I'll only say one thing, okay? Just one thing. Just I know. I know what your one thing one is turned into. So, firstly, the reason that we based Fit Sixteen on an elimination diet up front is to. You do have to try and calm down if there's kind of inflammation in the gut, which in a lot of people there is. So elimination diets are a good way of doing that. Now, a lot of people slam elimination diets as fatty. And uh, I still believe in them over everything else because we must get, what do you reckon? How many emails do you see saying, what food intolerance tests do you guys... um, Oh, gosh, yeah. How many of those do we get? And do you know what? People spend hundreds. We spent thousands didn't we initially experimenting with <laughs> now them. you tell me yeah <laughs> and what was the outcome of it at the very end of the elimination diet and the intolerance test another test to see what happened and guess what more intolerances came up different intolerances so round we went again, Here we go again. and that was when you went i am done with this and i was like mm, you do have a point but i always want to believe at that point i was yeah, like i, I wanted to believe that's the psychology of most people yeah most people need a test of some nature to say X, Y, and Z, you know, so that they all of a sudden can be like, oh, right, okay. There's so many in, in uh, situations where um, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, that classic, the same person did free samples at the same time, gave them different names yeah, and yeah, sent them off of that, and, got and got three different results. results back. Yeah, And then you're starting to think, well, oh, okay, there's obviously a lot of uh, inaccuracies here. False positives, false negatives, yeah. and, and the inconclusive data to actually confirm that it's worth doing. And yet the gold standard is free. It's an elimination diet. But the confusion part for most people is what do you then add back in and how do you go about that? Hmm. Which is exactly what we did in Fit 16. Yeah. Was say over the 16 weeks, <clears throat> you add stuff back in, but it's very slow and you get a diary to do you, it in. You, and you, it's, you don't. Because obviously, if you introduce, if you reintroduce everything at the same time, and react, and you have a flare-up of some sort, yeah. you're not going to know what it is. And this is what we try and say to people: that don't just go, "Oh, yeah, I've done my elimination. Bosh, I'll, I'll have a, a, a deep fried cheese sandwich." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. oh, that didn't agree with me. Yeah. I think it, I think it was the gluten. That's what everyone yeah. does. I definitely can't do gluten. And you're like, 
what about the flour, the yeast and the cheese and all of it together as like a, a kind of, yeah. you have a certain tolerance for this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent still. And I also, and it's, just, it's the real reason that I continue to support our approach of paleo-ish and that will never change for me because the other thing that the gut needs is, is a lot of vitamins and minerals and essential amino acids, proteins mm-hmm. to be able to make stomach acid, make digestive enzymes make the the gut wall and for the gut wall to be able to regenerate itself so if we want to support the gut truly i still think you can't be doing an elimination diet a paleo approach uh, however that looks to you and again fit 16 is a paleo approach and then gradually added in stuff to make it to make it more sustainable we don't expect that to be the approach going forward one thing i will say about gut health is the longer that you dedicate to the process firstly the easier it gets and secondly the more you then start to tolerate like i tolerate stuff now that i definitely couldn't tolerate Mm. a couple of years ago 10 years ago um but i also know because it's been an educational process for me days when i'm stressed i really have to be careful about my choices and chewing my food and relaxing and i've even said to you days when i'm lecturing really long hours running for trains and it's like you know my gut is not happy with those days and I'm kind of going back and forth with like how do I manage this process before I end up in trouble again and I'm doing things like you know would a smoothie be a little bit better easier on the digestive system do I need to actually take enzymes on those days do I need to take um, stomach acid support like take hydrochloric acid because it's like uh, you know I'm kind of I'm literally in fight or flight mode most of the day and then my lunch hours sometimes might be 10 minutes and people are asking me loads of questions sometimes it's fine but some days it's really not and so you know because it's an it's been an educational process for me obviously more in depth but still it's the reason that you should go and work with someone is to know okay on these days when I'm this stressed what do I do Mm. and there are things breathing that kind of stuff that that can be really helpful but just circling back round, then the reason I like that paleo-ish approach is because I know that that you're going to be getting the vitamin a the iodine the, the, the zinc and everything that you need to make everything the digestive system needs and the proteins um, the essential proteins but more than that all the nutrients the cell needs to be able to make the proteins in the first place enzymes are made out of protein digestive enzymes are proteins mm-hmm. so anyway so because it's so vitamin mineral antioxidant dense that approach i think it's one of the best for the gut um so that's why i think this is like the fundamental place that you start and everyone knows there's big links between gut and mood health and the problem also can be that if your mood isn't right what what do you essentially want to do eat crap Basically, yeah. So if, if your serotonin isn't great, that makes you happy and satisfied and content. And if it's low, you're going to crave comfort, usually carbs, usually sugar, usually chocolate. And then if your if your dopamine goes low, um, again, all of this can be affected by a disrupted gut f- function. If that goes low, then we get angry and we get addicted easily to things. So when the gut's not happy, you're not happy. So it doesn't matter how much I tell you, um, oh, you know, I think you need to go to the gym a bit more. And, uh, <laughs> and stop eating cornflakes for breakfast and popcorn at the weekend. You're not going to do it if if the gut isn't isn't supported and the gut isn't being addressed in the approach that I give you. And also as well, it's um, I always think it's quite a big breakthrough for people when they start making these connections through doing an elimination diet, and when they do reintroduce what things do potentially trigger their gut, yeah, um, a little bit because no one you know, likes to feel bloated, uncomfortable, um, excessively full. You know, it's not a very nice feeling to have. Um, And it can also give the impression that you've gained weight, you know, obviously if your stomach's protruded in some way or or whatever. And I think a big breakthrough for us is people starting to make these connections between, because, you know, people aren't daft. People know that, that people can make that connection of, oh, if I eat too many, too much food too often, I gain weight. It's like, well, duh, yeah. We, <laughs> everyone knows this, right? Yeah. But what we like is when people start to make the connection of, I, you know, for example, you know, I can eat bread. If I overdo it, you know, I get really bloated, I get really windy, I feel really uncomfortable and I hate it, I don't like it. So they start connecting to a feeling as opposed to necessarily actual weight gain. Yeah. Or, or whatever it may be. And don't get me wrong, if, if fat loss is a goal, then of course, you know, you need to monitor your weight in some shape or form. But we like to get people to make like a more positive connection. 
And in those situations when people are a bit like, oh, I'm so angry at myself. Uh, you know, the bread basket came out on a, when we were at a restaurant the other day and I couldn't help myself. And it's like, well, cool. You can have bread. No drama. Like, let's not sweat about it. But then actually when you dig a bit deeper, you say, well, how much did you have? And it's like, God, I lost count loads. And then it's like, well, it's not necessarily that you had bread. It's probably you had too much bread. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've had like four or five rolls, <laughs> you know, with your soup before your dinner's even come out, that potentially could be the problem. And it might even necessarily be gluten. It might be that you've just taken on too much fibre in one hit, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, I they, it's, it's not always people, people pinpoint it goes, definitely yeah, bread. It's gluten. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm celiac. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think we need to stop making those connections. And, and, all, and we try to flip it and say, no, no. Well, first of all, you know, let's look at this as a positive. You've potentially identified something that might not agree with you. The next step is to maybe see whether is it gluten, you know, is it bread or is it the, the shit volume that you had? Maybe try a little bit of good quality sourdough or rye or whatever yeah. and see how you respond, you know, and, it, and it's little things like that. And I think people are so quick to, like you say, like blame a certain food group, blame a certain type of food or, you know, assume that when we say the words paleo, it means, you know, never touching anything that's the slightest bit processed, which... But it actually can become, if you if you set yourself these... I mean, like I said, I'm, I am a fan of an elimination diet initially to get everything sorted, including blood sugars as well. But it can become that, that continued elimination. And that's why we say in Fit16 that you go through a process of reintroduction because if it, if it becomes this kind of set of rules, because you're convinced that um, gluten kind of does this has this disastrous effect on your body and it will by the way if you're celiac obviously and yeah, it actually will for a number of autoimmune conditions and for a number of other non-celiac gluten sensitive people it will cause issues but if you decide um that that is that the kind of cause and then um a you eat it or you come across it one it can become a bit of a kind of risk behavior that you're almost like oh sod it i'm gonna eat a loaf of bread you yeah. know like, almost like so when you're low you're like oh sod it you actually see that behavior yeah. in people so the gluten becomes the like the, the wine almost like as yeah. it becomes the oh it's a risk behavior uh, it's, it's not it's not a recreational drug but you know it could be <laughs> it can feel like, <laughs> one day it can feel like that if you've been on this kind of journey of like you know, rules and, and principles around nutrition. Um, but also... Have you, have you seen the, the new trailer for Deadpool 2? No, why? And I just saw Did this bit mention... where... Well, you know, obviously, the guy that plays him, uh, Ryan... Philippe, no. No, Philippe. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. And I remember he'd done a tweet that went viral some time ago, and he was like, like uh, people are scared to death of gluten... These days, I swear to God, you could uh, you could hold up a liquor store with a bagel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he's obviously he's made a reference to it in Deadpool too. Oh, really? And he, he comes back to the house and he's like, "Oh yeah," he goes, "Sorry, I was late. I was too busy rounding up all the gluten in the world and sending it up into space, so it can't, <laughs> so it can't harm any more people." <laughs> oh, it, we are laughing, but it, it it is it is true in terms of obviously. Oh no, of course, like the obvious celiac, like yeah, you know. No, 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 and, and all the like conditions but yeah i do agree. i'm not trying to make no, a joke no no, that, no, like. no i agree with you it's just got it's got out of control and also you do see a lot of people with what becomes almost like orthorexia that kind of obsession with healthy eating where again you have decided because something gave you symptom relief that to ever have it again would bring back all those symptoms but actually like i've said once you've addressed gut inflammation <laughs> insulin chances are you'll restore function to all the different systems of the body in particular digestive system and maybe won't have those symptoms again and that's why you are seeing cases of people able you know there are cases of celiac able to tolerate gluten again in in you know but it's it's not like really a, yeah in a, well i think it's actually um as I, as I understand it it's more kind of um in france and it's they can tolerate the bread the freshly made breads over there so really yeah Anyway. So maybe they weren't really celiac. Maybe then. not, yeah. Maybe not, I don't know. I, again, we know, and I would say we know so little about, the immune system is one area where I just think we don't really know. We just don't really understand it properly yet. And we don't understand, that we do have an idea of the mechanisms of how, you know, what we call leaky gut kicks in or increased intestinal permeability, which means that more um, proteins are able to get into the body when it should just be amino acids that get into the body like should be broken right down to their smallest unit protein looks a bit like you you're made of protein so that yeah. confuses the immune system secondly you also see more kind of 
um, it's called translocation of different kind of um, bacteria poo, like lipopolysaccharides, which we talked about in a, and that <laughs> that creates so endotoxemia, so like a kind of you know to- internal toxins circulating around, and these trigger the cells to think that the kind of body is, you know, the body's got this immune system full of spies ready for invaders and antigens, and it's just being triggered all the time. And once it's been triggered, once it's spotted something and gone, you should not be here, and it's usually you know it can be a food trigger or um, the food is, is, is damaging the gut, opening it up, and then other stuff is getting in, other bacteria is getting in. And once you get that alarm system sounding, the whole of the immune system kind of comes to the site, and then we get this, this cascade of events taking place. So now we're on to number two, inflammation, for example. Yeah, and good, this can happen... transition there. I know. This can happen in the gut. This can happen around a joint. This can happen in the brain. And the brain is the one where we know that's kind of possibly behind Alzheimer's and causing the plaque formation. Mm. It's your immune response to... Um, some kind of of inflammation that's going on, some kind of infection, trauma, whatever it might be. And so this is what's happening. And when it happens in the gut, you get bloating. So bloating can be, you know, the stomach descending out, can be inflammation, like local, could be caused by a food, could be caused by, you you know, an infection, bacteria, viruses, all those kind of things. So whenever we get swelling, swelling of a joint, that kind of thing, we know that there is, that the immune system is there. Just like if you broke the joint or sprain the joint, you get, mm. you know, it blows up. It's, that's inflammation. That's your immune system sending, you know, fighters to the fight and then different kind of proteins are there to kind of try and repair and restore and it all gets a bit confused. So that is another thing that we have to look at addressing if you're going to sort a situation out, especially if it's kicking off in the gut. Mm. Um, and the immune system sits just behind that gut wall ready. That's kind of where they're like, okay, what, what's the situation? What's going on? Do we need to kick off? Do we not? Um, and there's a lot of interaction with the gut bacteria. So we know that that is a good place to start. But equally, you can start to address inflammation um, with you know key things like omega-3s um, and also, um, again, just looking at general um, fatty acid intake is, is a big one to think about with inflammation. So if you're putting we've talked about this before but if you're putting rancid fats inside your body so if you eat out a lot if you eat a lot of deep fried foods burnt foods you know they're kind of damaged fats that are going into the body so we are we talking like you know like trans fats as well like yeah yeah, yeah. trans fats hydrogenated fats so this is all your margarines and your spreadable butters and all that kind of stuff so these are the kind of fats that we ideally you know you just don't want those in the body because the body's always making fats so it's always kind of breaking down um you know dietary fats that come in and and using them and uh, to basically make new fats and make the membranes which sit around the cell and also every single part of a cell inside has a membrane around it so you need to make sure you have the right amount of things like omega-3 and 6 which everyone knows but it's fundamental. If you think of this, I said to you, it's kind of like your G on your phone. So it's like 4G. It's the difference between 4G, 3G and no G is the quality <laughs> of the fats in your diet, really. So it's kind of integral. What is a phone without a signal? Well, these so let's days, not even talk G. What is a phone without a signal? Well, to be fair, these days, it's, it's quite a lot of things, isn't it? What? Oh, yeah, stop it. You've ruined it. But it's not a phone, is it? Essentially, No, though, no essentially, I'll see what you're getting at. Yeah, it's not so a phone. Yeah. <laughs> phone without a signal electronic device is nothing yeah and that's the same thing that happens to your cells if your cells don't have a really good balance of fats they can't signal to each other they can't Mm. be the 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 signaling we think about hormones we talk about hormones but inflammation hormones all that signaling neurotransmitters and inflammation signaling back and forth and the immune system signaling back and forth is all about the, the the kind of membrane inside and outside the cell so there's membranes around all the different parts of the cell and that is all about the quality of the fats in your diet and especially phospholipids which is something that we talk about we talked about choline on here yeah we did when we did methylation do we yeah i know we did choline with our members because you think it's really funny to choline 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 <laughs> choline yeah but choline choline is essentially something that they think might be one one day might be recommended as a a kind of um you know like a vitamin or mineral that we have to have a certain amount of it an rda recommended daily amount because it's part of the membrane so it's a a phospholipid uh it's it's known as a a phospholipid and it's basically a part of the kind of the fatty acid membrane that surrounds every cell so we uh, get them through our nutrition we get them through things like eggs is a really good source of choline liver peanut butter (laughs) 
ingredients. Uh, so we get it through our diet, but it's suggested that we're having a higher need because if you think about the more you do, kind of again, the more you use your phone, the more you want something like 4G. If you're going to use it for everything, email, surfing the internet, making calls, WhatsApping, FaceTiming, you want a better signal, right? Uh-huh. It's the same with the body. If you're going to use it more, if you're going to think more, if you're going to do more, you're going to stress more, you're going to keep busier, you probably need more phospholipids because they're turned over with activity in the body, essentially. And so you need a good amount in your diet, but some people benefit from supplementing as well. But yeah, again, you know, this comes back to that classic saying of, you know, or you could eat, do less. <laughs> eat a varied diet. Oh, you I know. thought you were going to say, or you could just calm down and do less. Well, yeah, there yeah. is that. But I mean, you <laughs> no know... No one listens to that bit. You know, it's, it's just so important that, that every macronutrient, you know, proteins, fats and carbs, you consume addressed. Yeah, yeah. A, a variety of each one, you know, and because then you can, you know, sit back, rest assured that, you know, you're going to be getting a, a decent balance of, of all, all that's required to support your body. Yeah. You know, and I think these days and more, more than ever, you know, we place our bodies under such stress and demand, you know, and that goes for you know, how much we exercise now as a nation, you know, in, you know, in terms of you know, very active individuals now, you know, the gyms are busy, people are pushing themselves at CrossFit or entering marathons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also people, people do this in addition to a full-time job. Exactly, but that's what I was going to say, you know, it's not just that, you know, it's the general day-to-day stresses of life, you yeah, know, yeah. work commitments, you know, long shifts, pollution, you know, all of these things. And I, I know, you know, there's not a huge amount we can do about some of these things, but at least, you know, we can say we're, we're providing our body with like the best ingredients possible to, to, yeah, to, to support this, you know, that this stress that we're putting on ourselves on a, on a, on a day to day basis. basis. Speaking good, of battery, you mentioned pollution actually, because that damages the phospholipids in the lung. There you go. See? So well, again, that's what I knew. I knew that. And that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> supplementation can actually help with that with that side of things so, I, was, yeah. I was about to say speaking of batteries your laptop battery is pants I know it's, it's about to go 99% we had at the beginning of this podcast and we've only been going 44 minutes but that's because I use it a it's lot already, it's always flagging red it needs some choline in it see um, but next next thing I was just going to say is and, and the second point about that about the fats is, is the omega-3s which everyone knows are integral but again do you actually sit there and think about, I mean, if you're listening to this, do you eat in a foily fish, you know, and also if you eat out, think about the fact that you're going to have a lot of those kind of not, you know, undesirable fats in your nutrition. So just kind of limiting that a bit more if necessary. But how many people have had, have had a, a, you can have a fatty acid profile, which looks at the profile of fats in your blood, which would tell you where you are. And mm. I've seen a lot of cases recently of people who've transitioned to a vegan diet and you know we talk about kind of being one to one. Omega three six is the kind of what, what was supposed to be the ancestral balance that we had thought thought to be optimal. Yeah. But they tend to suggest more like uh, one to th- one to four is is more realistic or more optimal for us today. So for every one uh, omega three, we have four omega six. Yet yeah, I've seen ratios of one to twenty four, one to eighteen. You know, really high from people who have have transitioned over to. A plant-based diet which is you know a wonderful thing to do if if you're looking to be healthy and nutritious but you still have to think about basic needs of the body basic function same thing for amino acids i'm not seeing anyone transition to this plant-based nutrition and check their amino acid status or their amino acid intake you know, protein sorry it's probably more accurate and we have something called essential amino acids because they are essential to get them through our diet. They're essential. And if we don't eat them, then the other amino acids are some called conditionally essential, which become essential because they're made from the essential amino acids. So you could end up with multiple amino acid deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And then there are hundreds and hundreds of you know, needs for, the, for amino acids in the body. So it just becomes this thing of if you're going to make that diet change, you've got to think about, you've got to educate yourself essentially. Yeah, do, do your research, you know, because yeah. it is... And- I'd actually go to someone, if I was going to go vegan right now, I would go to someone who I thought was a very good example of, you know, uh, who did vegan nutrition and someone who didn't, because I think you'd get a better balance. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
just like just putting that thought out there, just thought that in my head anyway. Um, and the last point then, if we move on to very finally, I was just going to say real quick on the on the fish front. You know, like we've said it time and time again. If there's uh, oily fish, especially um, if there is anyone who's thinking, oh, but I don't like oily fish, you know, just supplement. You know, just get a good. Yeah, no, definitely, and especially like. Um, I mean, you can do algae DHA this is what a lot of people do but again you need to know the dose you need mm. to know that you're hitting a decent dose and you should probably go and pay and get your fatty acid profile done um, if you're going to make that transition away from eating those foods yeah but um, for, for general you know if someone is a meat eater and but just doesn't particularly like oily fish you know oh I see yeah, yeah. no I was talking about if people are making this move to plant based diets yeah. and want to use algae DHAs or something like that yeah. they absolutely can do but just keep an eye on your blood lipids which I think it's about £70, private test, omega-3-6, and that's going to tell you a lot about your infl- inflammatory status in the body because if you have too much of the six uh, in in terms of you know an imbalance or too much, if you might have too much of something, you get an issue with something called arachidonic acid metabolism, and that would show on the test as well, you could be a bit more, you, you have a tendency to be more pro-inflammatory, so you fire yeah. off inflammation much quicker because it activates these kind of local hormones the cosinoids which fire off inflammation so you want to keep an eye on that um which is and the brain especially has to have you know lots of, of you know the omega-3s and the dha and it's a big part of the next point insulin because it's also a big part of the membrane has to be fluid um membrane fluidity is key to um kind of movement of things in and out of the cell and an optimal um, function of your hormone receptors which sit on the cell and there's enzymes and pumps and channels which hydrate a cell and keep it the right size and all of that is about having the right fluidity mm-hmm. in the cell so you need a little bit of saturated fat and, and uh, enough omega 3s and 6 but especially the omega 3s and if we don't have uh, if we have too much of, a, of another fat it's like too much saturated fat will make it too hard and therefore that's when we get rigidity and the cell can't do what it needs to do and blah 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 so and that was so then whatever, you know, kind of system that cell is part of, the digestive system, the cardiovascular system, that's what system will break down because there's not enough of the omega-3s keeping it fluid and communicating. It's got no signal, see? No signal, got no credit. Got no credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Battery's gone. Um, so, uh, and the final thing is the insulin because insulin, if, in very, very simple terms, it has kind of, you know, two roles in the body. If you think about it, it's it's the storage, it's the storage, one of the storage hormones, uh, the main storage hormone that basically makes sure that we get nutrients. The main substrate that a cell wants to run on is glucose. It can run on fat and protein, but most of them want to run on glucose. They have glute glute transporters, and insulin is main job. Is, well, one of its jobs, sorry, is is glucose disposal into the cell, and also cell growth and proliferation you know like anabolism as well and you have to make sure that um both of those are healthy and not you know so what we tend to see most of the time is in someone who's not healthy the glucose disposal gets kicked out and they can't do it anymore so high blood sugars we kind of know that as metabolic syndrome type 2 diabetes insulin resistance but what we also know is cell growth and proliferation continues so that's dangerous because cell growth proliferation start to think about that's a good word, that. What? Proliferation. All right. <laughs> Do you ever think that about some words? You just that's a good word. I like the word custard. Custard? Yeah, I don't know what... I, I like custard. Yeah, <laughs> I like the word custard. I've, I've never thought that about the word, though. You said it the other day, and I was like, I like that word, custard. Stroganoff. What's right? What, you like that word? Yeah. Uh, or you just like beef stroganoff? Well, I like beef stroganoff, but, but like I think word. as a word, it's just a really satisfying word to say. It's just so right. Think of some more. If you're listening, I want you to message What word do you like? Just a word that you just like. Custard stroganoff. Um, yeah, so that's the two jobs of insulin. And what, what the danger is, is usually one con- that continues. So having that cell growth proliferation is why we see insulin involved in, or in, in, uh, in cancers, in heart disease. If someone has heart disease, do you know the three things that I tend to go towards with them first? Someone comes to me, oh, sorry, not heart disease, sorry. Someone comes to me with high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Do you know where I tend to go to first? First I check they're not doing bulletproof coffee. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking about what things is in. Yeah, yeah. So first I check they're not doing bulletproof coffee and loads and loads of MCTLs and cream because I've seen that in the past shoot people's cholesterol up through the roof. Some people are a bit sensitive like that. But there are three things that I approach 
Um, and actually, one of the first is is to look at their sugar or refined carb or their um, processed carb intake because and alcohol intake. Um, because the main reasons that we'll often get things like high cholesterol, uh, number one is is high levels of insulin. Yeah. So insulin drives, if you want the mechanism, insulin drives the enzyme that makes cholesterol. So there you go. So if you eat a lot of sugar and do a lot of insulin stimulating things, you're going to end up possibly with high cholesterol. Uh, next up, I look at thyroid function because thyroid is, hormone is responsible for pulling cholesterol from the blood and regulating the receptors that, that will take cholesterol out of the blood. And third is liver health. So again, you see people take a lot of medications, drink a lot of alcohol, have a lot of refined carbs, and then get told they've got high cholesterol, they should take, they should stop eating avocados and eggs. And you just want to face palm at that point in time. Yeah, but that's why, um, and like you will often say as well, you know, like, don't look at uh, cholesterol just as a whole. You no, know, like... no, you always, look at, you always look at possible things like... Um, HDL, so your good what is known, what is supposed to be good cholesterol and, and triglycerides. Uh, you always look at particle size and number if you can get those tested privately. That's really yeah. beneficial. And uh, what I will say is HDL high is not a good thing necessarily. It is actually possibly a sign of uh, systemic inflammation or oxidative stress. So it could be a bad thing. But it's like a, But back to insulin. That's why you yeah, focus but, on but insulin. But then also as well, even with with uh, with LDL, like it, it kind of. LDL gets a bad rap, doesn't it? Because it's known as... Bad cholesterol. Yeah, because it's essentially what takes stuff to the area to start laying down, you know, when there's inflammation, potentially it's like laying down the, the, the plaque, isn't it? It's the LDL that takes it to, and HDL essentially yes. takes it yes, away. Yes, so you mean carries from the liver to the tissue, yeah. Yeah, yes, so, yes, so, yes. so that's why LDL is labelled as... The bad cholesterol. It's bad cholesterol, yeah, yeah. but it's not necessarily... It's not bad cholesterol because no, it's no. essentially doing its job. Uh, Hundred percent. So you know, like, it's, and it's important that people don't start labeling it as like, oh, you've got good and you've got bad, because no. it, it doesn't work like that. No, you I mean we could do a whole podcast on this? Maybe we should. But one thing I always say to again when I'm teaching is, is cholesterol is deposited in the in the blood vessels for a reason because cholesterol is an, is is an antioxidant and it's stabilizing to membranes. But if there's this over a kind of, oh, I suppose you could call it like an over deposition, like over, if they over, uh, I can't think of the words, over put the cholesterol into the into over, the, over put, yeah, put too much of the cholesterol into the only things like blood vessel walls. This is when we get plaque formation because then white blood cells are called in, they eat the plaque, they turn into um, foam cells, and then you get more inflammatory um, systems and, and chemicals and, and plaque for, uh, formation kind of all, all kicks off from there. But if you look back, if you rewind and go upstream, um, what is the cause of the? Why did the uh, cholesterol get pop, put there in the first place? But that's the, but that, that's the big it's thing. It's usually isn't it? inflammation. Like there's yeah. damage to the tissue, and the damage can be due to everything from bacterial infections, smoking, alcohol, highly refined carbohydrates are causing things like glycation. Like high high blood glucose will cause glycation. Which is sedentary a, lifestyle which is a reaction the, of the blood cells but yeah it, it just gets to be like and do you know what makes me laugh everything we've been told for about 50 years about heart disease does anyone listen no then you get heart disease like it's it's yeah it's really difficult but yeah the trans fats and things like that are not making things better and that's what people get told to have instead as in have your low fat spreadable instead yeah. of having your you know butter but just, uh, so, so insulin, it, yeah, I do always think high cholesterol, heart disease, go back to insulin. You've got to balance blood sugars. And, and insulin, we know also, is, is actually the first phase of, of kind of insulin production starts with the gut, which was a very recent discovery. So it starts in the small intestine. So always think about that and the fact that you've still got to go back to the gut. So there's your cycle gone all the way back around from insulin to the gut. See? It's inflammation, insulin, gut, inflammation. So just focus on those three areas. It's never one thing. Yeah, and insulin, you've just mentioned a lot of the things. If you think about managing insulin, we have got to start moving, not too much, not too little. We have got to, if, you, if you're still smoking and, and, and chugging down copious amounts of alcohol and thinking you're going to get away with that, good luck. Um, recreational gr- drugs, good luck. Um, you know, we have to be sensible about what we do. It's like literally throwing your phone against a wall and still expecting it to work. Well, if it was a Nokia, it would. <laughs> it would work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or like dunking it in water, expecting it to work. Then I don't know. But yeah, or going to moving to somewhere with 
like Stratford even with no G. <laughs> like I think it doesn't work anymore. Like so anyway, you get you you give you're giving your body an environment that it cannot work in, it cannot thrive in, it doesn't have its essentials, it doesn't have its its signal, it doesn't have its charge, it doesn't have its battery. We're only not talking about the batteries, but the batteries are essentially you know, they are all about, for me, vitamins and minerals. That, that's, that's what leads to the batteries of the cell working, the mitochondria, which we've talked about a little bit before. That's all about vitamins and minerals. But, of course, the actual structure of the entire, you know, body is made of your, is your macronutrients as well. So Yeah, of course. And, and you know, and it, and it goes back to that classic thing that we always say. It's like this is like a mantra now, I guess. It's like, you know, your body wants to be healthy. Yeah, your body wants... it fights for it. It fights for, for health and, and balance, but it needs the right ingredients to do so. And, you know, it's like we say, you know, kind of, you know, those classic little cheesy bits of advice, you know, eat a variety of nutrients, eat a rainbow, you know, and this, that and the other. And it's just so true. Like, you know, you don't need to do it every single day because that would be a lot of graft, you know, like I'll make sure, you know, I've had a bit of chicken, I've had a bit of oily fish, I've had green, yellow, blue, purple, orange, veg, you know, look at it more so like across a week as opposed to on a day-to-day basis. And if you can look at it across a week and say, I've got some oily fish in there, I've got some poultry, you know, I've got some, uh, you know, maybe slightly fattier red meats, you know, I've got a nice variety of like some berries, green vegetables, et cetera, et cetera. If you can look at that across a week, you'd be like, right, okay, I'm actually... This is this is a great little balance here. Well, here's what I love. In the so so I do the lecture on fatty acids, and when I talked about you know things like trans fats, hydrogenated fats, and kind of what they do, and the fact they can be in some in some cases carcinogenic to the body, the hand shot up from a student who said that her 93 year old grandparent had had sunflower oil for the last is it 50 years I think it's been around, uh-huh. and still doesn't have heart disease or anything and I kind of love those stories because it just makes me think not that I'm discrediting everything we just talked about for the last hour but is it maybe that uh, you know her grandmother is just a very positive happy active energetic person she kind of did confirm something along those lines as well yeah, but it's also, so, so it's also about like you've just said there are other things that feed into the immune system and inflammation oh, one is you know your state of mind so well, that, well, as we know, like the power of mind plays a huge role. And we were talking about this the other day with like the blue zones in the world, you know, like, you know, the blue zones where people like live the longest, essentially yeah. um, disease free. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, people in these blue zones smoke. Yeah. You know, they're not like chugging down like 40 a day or whatever it may be, but a lot of them are quite kind of casual yeah. smokers. And drink every day. You know, and drink quite frequently as well. Yeah. But again, it's not in excess. Yeah. It's part of a healthier lifestyle as a whole, you know, less stress, more sleep, yeah. greater variety in their diet, nutrient rich, etc., etc. So again, you know, because I love it, it does make me laugh. It's like, oh, you know, well, Dave down the pub's 107 and he drinks every single day. And it's <laughs> like, okay, cool. That's like one example, you know. Yeah, but but, I, do, I quite like, I like but, things like where you hear about the resilience. Oh, cool, but if you've got feedback already that things are kicking off, don't ignore it. And that's what I say to a lot of clients when they say, well, my friend smoked this long or so-and-so yeah. drinks this much. I'm like, yeah, but you've got symptoms saying, right, all is not good. Like, that's your, you, you've got that dysfunction going on. You ignore that. That's like a, you know, a rattle on the car that goes and gets worse and worse and worse every time you drive it. Would you continue to drive that car? No, would you, heck. You would drive it into a garage and go, my car is rattling. It's really yeah. weird. You do the same thing with your body. Like, it, it's just going to bite you in the backside if you ignore it for, you know, you know, much longer. So that's when you want to say that. One thing I'd say about the blue zones, the other day, I can't remember where it was. It was an article. Everyone's still trying to find out the nutrition components and argue them. So if it's like your meat eaters, they're arguing that a lot of meat, you know, a lot of blue zones eat meat. And then if it's like the vegans are arguing a lot of blue zones eat a lot of plant-based foods, they do. They eat tons of plant-based foods, antioxidants, that kind of stuff. Or they did. Many of them are being infiltrated now by the food industry. But um, there was this article saying the one thing they all have in common is, guess what, is beans. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Cause I was Be- like, beans? Beans. <laughs> beans are not the key to longevity. But we're, and they I'm, are we're, good. we're probably not talking about baked beans here. No. <laughs> but they are a good source of fibre and can be a prebiotic to the gut. So don't discredit beans. Have some beans if you like them. As Absolutely. Part, as part of a balanced, healthy lifestyle. Yeah, there you go. It's all about... It's all about the balance, isn't it? It's the beans. Balance and variety. (laughs) 
And they all work about 16,000 steps. That's not a, a lot, lot of walking. Yeah. yeah. And well, people are there's, doing that. It's worrying how sedentary we're becoming. And, yeah. and I'm guilty of this sometimes. I have some right sedentary days, which, you know, I, no excuses. You know, like everybody else, you know, you're just busy. And, but then it's like, but outside of that hour, hour and a half I was in the gym, I've done very little. Yeah, you need a Fitbit. I do. I a do thousand is unacceptable. Yeah, I cocked a thousand the other day. <laughs> that is unacceptable. And that was just pottering about the house. <laughs> I don't care. Shocking. If you, you're running 16 miles. Anyway, we've been so, an hour, so we've that's a wrap. Full time. Yeah. Good work, Harris. Nice podcast. <laughs> well done. I'll Matt. see you next time. All right. <laughs> Guys, hope you enjoyed that. Um, you know, like always, it kind of does come back to the same thing. You know, of you know, like I say, variety, balance. You know, adaptation, finding what works for you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, you know, like we say, education goes a long way. The more you understand things, uh, sometimes, you know, um, the easier it is to make positive change. So hopefully you have found that useful. If so, do us a favour. Leave a review, would you? Um, Over on iTunes, that would be amazing. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. And, of course, you know, share this episode with anyone that you feel would benefit from it. And... um, we will see you in episode 99. Get in. See ya. Bye.